Hey everyone, welcome to the Thirst for Knowledge podcast. It's me, Lawrence, and as always, or almost as always, I'm here with my co-host, Steve. Uh, how are you doing, Steve? One time, just one time, and now I'm almost always. I'm hurt. Or maybe it's tw- well, twice, I don't know. Sometimes I'm not here as well. Well, there's an episode or two that I took off, so. Yeah, yeah. I had a... Uh, we were lucky enough to have Jarvis and uh, Tom step in. I had a... Uh, unfortunate computer issues installing archaic software onto my computer did nothing good for it apparently the rest of us call that magic the gathering online yes yes arena was fine magic online it's taxing (laughs) yeah moto moto will do that you have to uh you have to make sure your your computer is ready you have to sit it down and give it the birds and the the bees talk and you've prepared for memory leaks and oh my gosh you know how it that is, is. So, it is crazy and then um and i actually got to use some of it i was playing through the uh what is it the modern freebie cube petty tickets for new people i don't know <laughs> i was playing through that yeah the free to play gauntlet yeah, to learn how to play it the thing is like i've played that uh it's just like when I don't feel like joining a draft or a league, but I just kind of want to like technically be playing Magic. I'll I've joined that uh, queue and it's reasonable enough. I may for what it provides. I may have lost some of my freebie points because I started a a league and <clears throat> my issues came up, and then I haven't been on, and I'm still not sure exactly when leagues reset or whatever. I'm not up to date with all that nonsense, so I may have lost the three freebie points. I don't really care. Um, I was baffled by the decks and how inconsistent and power level they are, in my opinion. Maybe they're very yeah. consistent, but I don't think so. No, the decks are wildly inconsistent. Like The control deck is pretty mediocre. The Titan Shift deck is pretty strong. Uh, Storm is basically the full modern deck. Uh, Mill is... Uh, ironically like one of the better strategies in the unless you play against burn um yeah burn is like inconsistent as well the burn which is funny the burn deck i faced with the mill i think it was my one loss and the burn deck was frightening because it was full powered burn to me (laughs) like like i was just like why is this why is this going this way like they had everything because they had um Oh, the landfall, kill your creature, kill you damage. I think. Uh, so, uh, what is it? What are those called? Searing yes, blaze. yeah, they're searing effects. I think they had searing effect spells. So I killed like my crab, dealt me damage, put an eidolon down. It was just like frightening. Like it reminded me of why I hate playing against burn, even though it's not a technically a good deck. <laughs> like they just don't care. Yeah. So. I um <clears throat> I don't know. I think the the gauntlets like if you're established in Moto and you just kind of want something mindless to do without really using any resources you've accumulated, it's a nice way to just kind of like click buttons. And then if you're just getting into Moto, it's a nice way to get um familiar with the 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 client and controls. 
Yeah, that's what. Are you using the hotkeys well, yet? Or? Yeah, that's what I was. I mean, that's what I was basically doing was familiarizing myself with the hotkeys and stuff like that. I couldn't get the. Uh, is it hold W? Whatever it is to hold to cast your spells without selecting which mana, it'll auto mana for you. Couldn't get that one to work right. Yeah, W. Yeah. W will is the default fast tapper and control is the default hold priority and then um <clears throat> like key wise one is just general pass priority yep. two is pass priority until um your like opponent does something yep. so like i'll often f2 through my opponent's turns but not f6 you'll get the hang of it um i was just frustrated with the w because it wasn't whenever I'd hit the W, it wouldn't. I'd hold W and then click on the mana, and it wouldn't do anything. So I gave up on using that ability. Uh, you may want to double check what the defaults are. I don't know if they've changed it for any reason. No, that's what it said. I think they would, yeah, that, have, but you never. That's know. what it actually said. In the they have a little thing that pops up. So it might have been you know a sign of what was going on with my computer, anyways. I don't know. So, yeah, I could see that being a potential thing. Um, did you end up playing or watching any magic over the weekend? Played um, some Pioneer, um, becoming over it very quickly. Uh, and I watched a bunch of magic. So, also went to a band concert and the Great Wolf Lodge, which is why I watched a bunch of magic. <laughs> so, Great with Lodge with yep. the kids. Yep. Yeah, my my you know, my kid got into this a special band and part of the reward was we took him to Great with Lodge afterwards and did a family day out of that and so while I was sitting watching them in the wave pool hoping they don't die, I um yeah, I watched the magic. So <laughs> Yeah, um God, what was it? I caught a bit of the SCG, and uh, I ended up watching a little bit of the DreamHack, which, that was funny because it was so poorly uh, promoted, and there was, you know, the legacy Twitter scandal was that uh, the legacy 40K that Missouri MTG Jeremy, I think his name is, is putting on at later on in the year uh, capped at like 200 people and then had like a 500 person wait list while the dream hack that was a hundred K tournament um, capped out at like 92 people, something like that. Okay. It didn't break a hundred, um, which I think was mostly just a byproduct of poor marketing. Uh, I remember when they first announced it and I was like, Oh, magic, a dream hack. That's really cool. Uh, as someone who follows enough fighting games to know what DreamHack is. And then I just didn't hear about it forever, and then it, like, popped up again. I actually saw... Apparently the they tournament... Were, they were doing the DreamHack fighting game stream at the same time. Right. So it was, like, the DreamHack fighters, and then there was, like, DreamHack Smash and CSGO and everything going on. And then Wizards was also there uh, streaming from their own account. So they weren't streaming from the official DreamHack accounts. Um, that that would that baffled me, but 
just like looking at and seeing both uh, streams because I was just like, you'd want to. I think like you'd want to grab some of those people watching because there was way more people watching the fighting game than the actual Wizards account. So I don't know if you typed in DreamHack if Wizards account would come up. I I don't quite remember, but. DreamHack segregates all of their tournaments based on, or their Twitch accounts by tournament. So uh, there's a specific one for uh, Smash Brothers. There was a specific one for Fighters, which ended up being like a couple anime fighters, Street Fighter and um, Tekken. And then there's like their Counter-Strike one. And I think there was another <coughs> DreamHack specific one for something oh, else. So you're probably right. You're um, probably right then. I, I just follow the so, the fighter. So that's probably why. Yeah, I I also only follow DreamHack Fighters, um, and you know all the other DreamHacks kind of fell by the wayside to me. Uh, so I don't know in terms of like cross pollination. I guess like there were times where I got bored because like I don't really follow Street Fighter that closely, um, and I would search DreamHack and would I would like watch a little bit of Smash until I got bored or whatever. But ultimately. Um, I don't know. The tournament seemed pretty cool. Apparently, like, half the tournament was, like, PT regulars, and then the other half was just local LA grinders, um, <laughs> which is a pretty funny dynamic. I think there was a good number of issues with um, some of the logistics. People weren't sure which dream hack passes they were supposed to buy. Uh, I guess you were supposed to bring your laptop to the tournament. I don't know if that was well communicated. I, I don't know if that was something that was just closed when you... We're in the process of buying your ticket or however that worked, but, uh, you know, it, it I, I'm willing to accept this tournament as like a, a learning curve sort of thing, right? Like you have to start somewhere. You can't expect everything to be perfect from the beginning. Um, these do seem like mistakes that are fairly rookie, but I mean, we'll give Watsy. Have they you know, ever watched DreamHack? <clears throat> then people bring them joysticks. Your laptop is like your joystick. You need to sticker it out. You need to get some glowing knobs. You need to get to. You just gotta get real. Come on, do these people not watch? How do they not know that they gotta bring their laptop? It's just like it's like bringing a joystick, man. Well, sure, but like that's a kind of a different dynamic than Magic. Like fighting game culture, of course, you're gonna bring, you know, your pad or your stick. Uh, with Magic, it's like you bring your deck box or whatever, and I think previously every sort of like arena tournament has been a mythic whatever or such. So Wizards has provided laptops, right. but it makes sense that like an open field, like it's a it's the tournament was functionally an open, so it doesn't make sense for Wizards to provide. Um, it doesn't make sense for Wizards to provide laptops specifically. But one thing uh, that was brought up was like, did you have to have your own stocked Moto account or, you know, like is Wizards providing people cards, uh, which is an interesting logistic thing that you could potentially do at a an arena tournament, right? Like a paper tournament, sure, make people have their cards. But for arena... Um, that that brings up interesting you interesting could. dynamics. <laughs> Do you have to own your cards? <laughs> like, right? Which I'm sure all of these questions are just would be answered if I took the time to just Google. But um, 
I don't actually think you're, (laughs) I don't think you're correct on that. I think you're, you're being very optimistic. Like with the way the arena has been rolled out, you know, like there was like deck reg error for someone in the, in the last um, mythic worlds thing. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, like, like, because you had to draft it in paper, get it checked and then register it to arena. And then there was a mistake made in the registration to arena and they took a game loss. And it was just like, this is insanity. Like, not just don't. I, I don't understand why the competitors are being expected to register their own decks for worlds for the draft. Like, come on. Having having a game loss in the final tournament of the year for something pre-tournament, like a, getting a deck regger pre-tournament and having to like sleep on a game loss all night, come on. Well, especially since it's That's so how many times has he prepared for drafting something in real life and then loading it into arena correctly? How many times has he prepared that? Because the answer is zero. Because that's the first time it's ever happened. <laughs> so, like, to to give someone a loss on the first time they've ever done it, and might not ever have to do it again if they can actually get their program working correctly. So, you know, because basically he took a game loss for their software not being ready to roll out when we were told a year ago it was going to happen, and now drafting is not going to even be. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know um, exactly like the logistics of how Manguchi got the game loss, but I do think that you know if you're drafting in paper and then implementing it in arena, then like let the judge do that or whatever. Or you know maybe your um, IT, your software people, <laughs> maybe actually implement an eight-person draft function within arena uh, that that's supposed to have happened you a while know? ago and now with uh draft leaving future events maybe it's going to be a little bit longer maybe i don't know we'll see i guess like yeah i i don't know i hope they hammer out all their issues with arena they're trying to bring it to mobile which is um not happening it's it's going to be interesting. They just announced... Uh, It'll be interesting. They announced another watered-down version of Magic coming to mobile at the Toy Fair. Yeah, that's... I thought that was... No. I thought that was Arena. No. That's... Mana Strike. Look it up. It's Mana Strike. They announced another game coming. Uh, that's another... Or not Mana Strike. What was it called? It, there's another game coming out. I... Uh, Mana Clash or something. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was like the Magic MMO. There's there was something else just announced at uh, Toy Fair, and everybody like was like, but I thought it was coming to mobile, and then like they said, oh yeah, it's still coming to mobile, it's still coming to mobile, <laughs> and it was like, what? And I think they finally broke out. Yeah, honestly. Oh, I'm I'm just gonna be honest here. It's just like another Magic product that I'm not gonna Correct. buy. Correct. <laughs> it's just like yeah. spells. I still haven't even like played arena. It's spell slingers. It it is okay. Neat <laughs> spell slingers. Superheroes mm-hmm. of magic reimagined. 
a spell slinger for every playable, the best of Magic's gameplay optimized for mobile, the first social collectible card game designed for the mobile generation, spell slingers. So hold on a second. We're going to bring it to Arena. We're going to bring Arena to mobile, and then we're going to have another thing that's all of Magic's greatness in a mobile platform designed for mobile. What? what we're competing with ourselves? Yep. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it fits with magic, right? Like, uh, spell sling. The <laughs> Apparently, it's just magic light, which is Hearthstone or something. Yep. Okay, that's cute. I guess that's. Cute. But it makes me weary. Maybe this is it makes me weary. Maybe this is of arena coming to mobile. Like they still said in the Toy Fair thing that it's coming, and they showed a home screen design for mobile. So, like, it's still coming. But how fast is it going to come if you get Diet MTG Mobile working? Maybe this was the Arena port that I... Maybe I thought they said something about bringing Arena to... Uh... No, you were... you were No, you were right. See, you're confused because, you know, they announced two different products for mobile. <laughs> That's why you're confused. There, there was two product announcements. Arena's coming to mobile... And Diet MTG is coming to mobile. Neat. <laughs> because Magic loves to double down, you know? We've got MTGO and Arena. Now we have Arena Mobile and Diet MTG for mobile. You know, and and there's other... They have another game for mobile that my kid plays. That's Mana Strike or whatever. Because I got confused because he plays that game. So, it's... Well, they also are making, like, the Magic MMO or something and then... They have like the magic crystal gem saga or something like that, and yeah, it's just like a bunch of stuff that I don't really, to be honest. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so the uh, Anaheim tournament, the top four was the top two players ELO wise, and the two people who are one and two mythic on the arena ladder, which is kind of cute. Yeah, that's all. It was great. The best, the best players are playing yeah. the best decks and doing the best. It, it was kind of frustrating for me to see that, but I know a lot of people like it, and they were happy because. What do you mean frustrating? I find it frustrating. Like I don't know. It's like it's cool to see that and they're rewarded for it, but it's also like I don't know, man. I guess it's because like they grind arena, and it has a different set of fatigues than paper magic. And maybe that's good. I don't know. You know, I just how 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 if if a game goes down this pathway, where the best people are always doing the best at the highest level, how engaged or you know great will other people will other people want to play the game? That's literally fighting games. I guess. Right. Yeah, like I guess. There's still I see, I see upsets. Like everybody thinks they can be the best player in the world. I see upsets all the time in fighting like, games. Every, yeah, upsets happen in fighting games, but like, like I'm not really sure what the concern is. Like Magic has variants built in, but like you also have to take into account that this tournament was like 50% being the best players in the world. This tournament was like basically a, a pro tour, F and M. <laughs> yep. Yep, you're right there. You know, you're right. So it's like, so it's like, yeah, the best players did well, um, 
but that was by nature of like the small field and just the saturation of them. I think if you want to use that logic, you can apply it to like the FCG circuit, where like every top eight is like fifty percent grinders, and it's like you know, <laughs> these kids are just like farming everyone. That's where I'd expect some sense of uh, burnout to happen in terms of just like the average person wanting to buy into the product. Damn me, I'm look. I'm but looking again, through it. People, it's crazy. Like I'm looking through the names, and it's like, like every other name I know. So. Yeah, but ultimately players like all think that they're good enough to like grind or whatever. So um, you'll never have like that's the thing. You're operating under a world, or you're like your concern operates under the assumption that people are either self-aware or like you know you're assuming people are self-aware enough to look at the odds and go like I don't really have much of a shot at this, huh? And that's going to dishearten them. But for most people, it's just like, ooh, here's the chance to compete in the major or minor or whatever leagues. So I don't think I don't think people are going to like freak out and um, uh, what is it? I don't think people are going to freak out and uh, stop going to tournaments based on like the better players constantly just destroying and it's also like magic's finally hitting a spot where not only is there like a high enough density of players who are able to spend absurd amounts of time just playing the game but these players are also better at working together um whereas before like the only super team was like channel fireball and they achieved dominance now you like arguably have that same dynamic amongst groups like lotus box or uh team peppa pig or you know the list goes on yeah. right um so i i think it's just a new era of magic I, it does make me wonder like you know magic as a game kind of requires you to have a certain number of connections to actually be able to get anything really beneficial out of it or like really you know get there uh, in the long run and with all of these good players teaming up together and in a way creating these you know members only clubs i wonder if that's going to actually lead a general disinterest amongst players like i wouldn't expect the teams themselves doing well to be the the detracting factor the turn the deterring factor but i think um the overt solidification of the boys club actually maybe that's not even true like all of these teams are monetizing themselves so it's like before if you wanted to break into the boys club you had to like grind on your local level and then start doing well in ptqs or whatever and kind of get a recommendation from someone but now it's like well i can just pay ten dollars and get x teams testing notes deck list sideboard guide so you don't get the the benefit of um you don't get like the benefit of actually testing with these groups but uh you do get at least like the deckless benefit of like what they're doing so it's like you can partially buy into the boys club so in some ways the barrier of entry is higher but in some ways it's been just taken straight to the ground right yeah <clears throat> I'm looking at the way the brackets broke out and everything. It's pretty crazy. It's a it's an insane 
set of circumstances, but goodness, and they and they did it just like a <clears throat> brackets for the dream hack. How it broke out. You can look at oh. the entire event and see how it went. Yeah, they they've started doing. Can you send me the link? Uh, yeah. They've started doing more uh, fighting game inspired brackets uh, for like magic tournaments, which. It's interesting. Oh, I like. I think yeah. double elimination adds. I, I like them at the at the mythic, the mythic invitationals. I love it, honestly. You get a loser bracket. I love a loser like, bracket. <laughs> like they've been doing it the mythic stuff. Yeah, it adds, it adds that nice air of suspense, but also, you know, it cuts out the whole thing of like, oh, this person had an insane run and then gets knocked out of the quarterfinals of the pro tour, and it's like, oh well, that's really anticlimactic. And now it's like, well, they got knocked into the loser's bracket. Will this person come back? You get to extend the storyline. And then as the viewer, when you see this stuff happen, it becomes uh, that much more interesting and engaging. So <clears throat> I'm totally with it. Yep. Um, it's pretty fast. I'm, I might have to go back and watch this tournament. I watched, um, for, for me, the SCG Pioneer event was on. Um, standard's kind of stale already for me, so I didn't want to watch some more standard. And um, so I watched Pioneer, and then I watched the Legacy event at Dice City, which had some, you know, had some really good players at it. Jarvis was there, Otterog Doss was there, um, just a lot of uh, Joe Brennan, these Legacy grinders that are fun to watch. So uh, the the Lands guy. Oh, how can I not remember his name? Casey Lancaster? No, the Lands guy. Ne- never leaves Loma of Dark Depths. Um, David oh, Long. Um, David Long. Yeah, there we go. So, it was fun to watch the event, so. It was really good. A lot of blue decks. A lot of blue decks. Didn't want to watch that many blue decks as a blue mage. The fact that Maverick is now a blue deck is kind of upsetting. Agrolome's a blue deck. Everything's oh, a blue yeah. deck. Oko and um, what's the Euro? Card? Euro? <laughs> no, Euro. <laughs> Euro, Euro, whatever. Like it's made all these decks. These green X decks can just like very freely splash this card and are getting a lot of value. Um, Strifo's been playing it. Uh, the five color loan decks have been playing it. I've seen some miracles list with it, but I don't think it's as good in miracles, just based on how the deck actually uses its resources and isn't the fastest at getting things in the graveyard. Whereas like Strifo and some of these other decks, because they can proactively use their spells or their mana, they can, you know, unearth the card a bit more reliably. But um. I was actually talking to Jarvis about uh, Breach as a deck, and we were discussing how some of these lists were built, and where the conversation up going was, uh, I'm pretty sure Breach is just the best deck right now, and it's at the point of being the best deck where it it doesn't matter how misbuilt some of these lists are, and Jarvis mentioned that there's like 11 spots that you realistically can kind of just do whatever with. Um, 
but we were discussing how just there are all these spots that you can just functionally do whatever you want with and still do fine. Uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see a deck this good. People are talking about it being better or like on par with top miracles in terms of power level, which I find interesting. I guess. Well, we talked about it a little bit last time we talked. It's I think it's better than top miracles. Um, it reminds me of blue red, blue red Delver with treasure cruise. So like that deck, you had some flex spots that didn't matter because the rest of your deck was so powerful that it just didn't matter. Like if the cards weren't the what you needed, that's okay. You know, treasure cruise will get you past it and get to what you need, and that's kind of what this deck does with um, uh, underworld breach. Because it's you know you can power through whatever you don't need. You know it's better it's better than card advantage, because it's card selection and advantage at the same time, and that's pretty that's pretty unrestricted. Uh, unrestricted Yogwill is pretty busto, uh, right? Unrestricted right. Yogwill with unrestricted Black Lotus with unrestricted Brainstorm and unrestricted Ponder is busted, <laughs> because in vintage all of those things are restricted right like you get all your cards are unrestricted from vintage all those cards because uh lotus petal is restricted still right lotus petal uh lion's eye diamond brainstorm ponder mm-hmm. all restricted right these are all like restricted cards in a mm-hmm. in a format but in legacy it's fine because they're they can't be that broken but then you give them yog will <laughs> and we'll see what happens, right? So, I don't know. It's it's fine. I think the deck's fine. Cause, because it's kind of like glaring at it and saying it's too broken. It's like closing your eye to Oko and, and blue-green. Because like me and um, Negator were talking. Because uh, I, I actually got into the uh, 40k... Um, I was an adult and set my alarm for one o'clock and and registered at one o'clock and uh, and I only make the adult comment because two of my people that might be that would have been riding with me forgot and didn't make it so I have to figure out who I'm gonna ride with now um, but I said I want to play something with blue green that's what I told them I don't know what deck I'm gonna play but it's gonna be blue green. Because if you're going to play fair right now, that's what you play. So, uh, I'm not sure if there's a reason to not just play Breach. It may depend on what the format looks like at the time. There's going to be a lot of time between then and now. New cards are going to get printed. But where I'm at with Breach is like I'm fine with it being in the format, even though it's pretty busted. I think the deck is assailable um, by fairly normal means. And... I personally don't mind when there's a broken deck in Legacy. You know, I'm fine just letting these decks sit for a little while. Um, I think we've had some very quick bans, which I think were good. Like Ren and Six, I think, was a very good quick ban. I think players, uh, ourselves included, were able to figure out, you know, the best way to maximize that card, and it just dominated the format. But, um,. I think that, uh, like, having a a deck like Breach or having just, like, this broken combo deck, letting it run free for a while is 
you know, I'm fine shifting the power dynamics of the format away from just, like, fair blue deck being the best thing constantly. And, you know, there was periods where, like, Eldrazi was kind of the best deck for, like, two weeks until people learned how to figure, or figured out how to play against it. And I, I think having these periods of abnormality uh, relative to the status quo, uh, it's pretty nice. I, so. I agree that Breach is the... We'll see what happens. I agree that Breach is the best deck. I just don't want to prep for it when the term, I think, is in September. And I don't know if Breach can last till September. Because right now, I think, like, not all the best pilots are playing it. And Legacy doesn't have enough highlights on it. So there won't be, like, a reason to ban it for a while. But I don't want to put a lot of time and effort into it, into a deck that I think could easily receive a ban. I wouldn't, it wouldn't even shake me to the core i'd be like yep figured that would come but like the fair decks um i wanted to like take a delver deck and work on a delver deck but i watched this weekend and man the delver decks just they look lost they're confused and lost because people are still playing like eldrazi people are still playing these fair decks that they have issues with like maverick and stuff but then these people are playing these oko piles and the delver decks can't deal with those either I think, um, so one thing that's interesting regarding Breach is that I'm seeing a lot of players who don't normally play combo excel with the deck. So I don't actually think it has that high of a learning curve, and I don't think you really need to devote an insane amount of time to getting over said learning curve. Like, if the deck is legal a month and a half or two months out, you can just do a crash course in it and grind it out on Moto and get there. Like, the list seemed pretty broken uh, in terms of, like, what I'm seeing get pumped out of the... Um, like getting pushed out of the the brain trusts or whatever. Um, Delver is just always going to be okay. I don't I don't know if I would focus on it. I think um, I don't even know what fair blue deck I'd play. Like every time I look at the fair blue decks, I'm just like, eh. I'm very meh. You know, Agrolome seems like the most interesting fair blue deck to me. Um. <laughs> things i didn't think i'd say 2020 <laughs> but uh yeah it seems like the most interesting fair blue deck to me just having the um you know decent game against the fair decks and you know the deck is just good enough against combo and i want to say they've been adding some amount of blue disruption to it now that they're playing the color so that is potentially helpful i i don't know i think it's sweet i guess uh, I'm ultimately not really interested in like Maverick and DNT realistically. I think, I think I really want higher power cards on an individual basis, with like Delver realistically being the floor of what I'd play. Um, in terms of a fair to or like output to mana ratio terms, uh, whereas like my current front runner would be Breach, and then. If for some reason Breach gets banned, or if slash when, I guess, I don't know. If Breach gets banned, I would start looking at other options. But, I don't know. Have you played any Miracles lately? Yeah. Apparently that deck is, like, still mildly playable. Yeah, I've played it a lot. Um, it's fine. It's doing the same thing it's been doing for, like, ever since Oko was printed. Like, I've been playing basically the version of people are playing with ice ice thing coaddles 
Um, I've been playing Teferis. People are coming and going with the Teferi. I've just kept two Teferis in my list and been happy with them. Um, everything else has been like, it's the same. I mean, it's a, it's a fine deck. I think my second Teferi is what most people use as an entree to Angels. And then I just don't like having entree to my deck. Because I like keeping my opening seven more often than not. Um, beyond that, like I've been, I mean, I've been completely happy with that deck. I just, the deck doesn't do anything enough. Like the, it's, it was different when people are, when you were the only deck playing Oko or maybe another deck was playing Oko, but now everyone's playing Oko and you are not as good as an Oko deck, you know? Like if four if four if four color loam's playing or five and a half color loam is playing Oko and Maverick is playing Oko and uh, Bug Delver is playing Oko and Bug Midrange is playing Oko like you pound for pound your Okos aren't as good as the other Oko decks you know they have more ways to remove your Oko while getting theirs online it's just I think it's too stressed to make that happen if that makes sense. Sure, but you're also a plow deck. I'm not. See, that's the problem with everyone playing Oko. I don't even know if plow's good. Uh, sorry, I was mixing up Oko and Euro. You know, vowels and okay consonant followed by the same vowel sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, now everything makes sense in terms of just like being a mediocre Oko deck because you're gonna struggle a bit more at. Attacking your opponent's Okos, sure. Yeah, they're, they're attacking your Okos, plus they're making your Okos do things. Where their Okos can do whatever they want. Um, they're sure as hell not going to promote your creatures into 3-3s. Three and, uh, and, like, they have Abrupt Decays, or they have Punishing Fire. They have things. You have Swords to Plowshares, which, while it's a good card, Dark Depths isn't really there as much. Delver's kind of getting pinned down as it is. Because Delver's having to deal with all these Okos that have blossomed around them while still dealing with people playing Elves or DNT or, you know, a combo decks. So Delver, Delver has basically taken the role of Miracles. You know, because Miracles has kind of like went left astray and said, we're not going to be a control deck, we're going to be a mid-range deck. And Delver's like, but, I, but now I'm a control deck now. I, I'm, I can't take this pressure. I have a 3-2 flyer. You're supposed to control the metagame so I can beat down on everybody. <laughs> and it's kind of like shifted away from that. So Delver's kind of lost on what it needs to do because it can't handle everything. If I mean, I know that's kind of a little bit wacky, but to me, that's like the game I'm seeing. I'm seeing these Grixis Delver players who just, they don't have a good game because every round they're playing against something, either Oko or Broko, and sometimes both. So... I I don't know. Okay. It, that'll make sense to me. I don't know. I wouldn't put too much stock into what to play for this tournament until, like, July-ish. Yeah, I've, I want to work on something of my own. I'm, I'm going to go crazy Steve and just... I grabbed a, a binder today, filled it completely full of cards, um, cut every white card that I own into a box and I put that box in my closet at the top shelf just put you said go away white cards it's, it's time we had our breakup I don't, I don't know we'll be okay I'll probably pull my moats out once in a while and stroke them but uh <laughs> it's not too late to apologize to you 
I, I want to play some Mox Diamonds and some Life from the Loam with Oko and Euro. And yeah, that's what I want to do. And some black cards. It's, re it's really what I want to play. I want to play a bug deck and have fun. So I'm not looking to win. I'm looking to go have fun and make some people mad. At the 40K? Yeah. Jesus Christ. So how many smallpox are you going to play? I'm not prepared to answer that question right now. <laughs> Anything less than four and one up your sleeve uh, is not the correct I don't answer. need one up my sleeve. I have Snapcaster and full-size pox. <laughs> pox. Non-diet pox. Okay, that is aggressive. That is very aggressive. I don't know about Snapcaster. What's wrong with Snapcaster? Having a Snapcaster and smallpox is a combo. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is that is an ambitious statement. I you think. get rid of your bad uh, Snapcaster mage as the creature. That's why it's a combo. It's the fodder. Just play four smallpox and some Liliana the Veils, like a oh. I want to play some. Like an adult. I'm going to. Liliana the Veil and uh, Euro? That's another combo. Exactly. Who needs him to Turok when you can just turn one of Smallpox? Mm. Or, uh, you know, turn two uh, Liliana and start Loman. You know what my first cards out of my binder were? They were Liliana's, followed by Crucible of the World, Life in the Loam. Four wastelands and two ghost quarters, just in case. <laughs> so, but no small boxes. Two ghost quarters for just when you really want your Delver opponents to know how much you hate them. You know what it is? Everybody has like basic lands. You can't not have like ghost quarter right now. There was more basic lands on on stream on on Sunday or Saturday than I've ever seen in my life. Like every deck was just like. There's a basic land. I mean, they're all basic snow lands, which, you know, don't get me started on that. I'm going to obliterate these snow lands. Yes, I'm going to show them the way. You know, they can veil of some of your sinkhole. Just gonna. Not gonna play that out. There. I can't play sinkhole because they can veil a summer, but they can't veil my ghost quarter. Oof. Go. Yet. And I got an exploration effect on a creature. Are you gonna play stifle? I I did pull them out. <laughs> they can't veil stifle <laughs> i did pull them out it was it was funny because i have og uh as a scourge i think i don't know i have og foil ones and i got them out and i was just like hello my friends i haven't seen you for 2012 <laughs> i think it's left <laughs> that's the last time i played them i don't know 2014 it's almost been a decade it's been a while every time i pull them out and go to play them i'm like no because, like, every time I play them at an event, my opponents are, like, you know, they're fetching and then putting their land into play and then passing turn. Like, and I'm, like, looking behind me, like, is there a mirror? What? what? Is there a mirror? <laughs> I'm the I'm Tundra <laughs> guy. Why would you do that? And they're, like, just got to be prepared. Like, great. So then so then I go home and throw them in a binder and kick them into my, into my bookshelf. They're actually right. They were right here in front of me. And I've got this little four-pocket monster binder full of cards that will never be played again first page four foil mental missteps <laughs> <laughs> why do you own those what why, why do you still own those <laughs> because when they got banned they were worth nothing so yeah 
foil missteps really i guess misstep was like a dollar it's a common yeah. rate yeah that's right it wasn't that much four when it uh it was legal. four og demonic tutors four gushes four merchant scrolls those are playable though four dig through times four treasure cruises those those are illegal cards in pioneer i know i know i own so many playsets. it's kind of funny <laughs> it's it's really sad i bought a i specced on them um they were like a dollar something a piece to pre-order both of them for foils so i bought as many as i could but anyways as i go through this binder of nonsense mana drains someday you'll be on band someday Ugh. will legacy even be a format then it'll be like the world gorger dragon or the land tax everybody will be worried and then three weeks later people will be like oh this is a just another counter spell that you won't play you know but that's all i got my friend i don't know if anything you caught was interesting did you watch the demir inverter tournament i mean pioneer event yeah uh that deck seems good uh format seems pretty interesting like the seven discard deck isn't necessarily fun to play against but i think pioneer as a format looks pretty cool and you know that singular deck may promote play patterns that are like kind of unfun but whatever peter ingram won and talked about how like you know dick through time probably has the um axe hanging over its head uh but it's only it's probably only a matter of time but we'll see what ends up happening there i think um like but you know what the problem is the problem they're not going to ban thassa's oracle which is the problematic card because it's the rare from the current set they've already shown that they won't that is they won't do that though looking over dig through time to target thassa's oracle show me show me where the cavern of sold and uh well, <laughs> Lord of Atlantis hurt you, so Steve. Why do you hate Merfolk? If you go, if you look at the deck, the Dig Through Time before this deck, Dig Through Time wasn't a problem. Well, Dig Through Time arguably was a problem. Um, the format's been pretty defined by Dig Through Time decks. It was just like the Dig Through Time decks were slightly slower than all of the mono-colored snowball decks well so like the, so like the first deck that was a problem was the mono green decks right and sure. then they didn't ban the right card well i'm sorry it was the sahili rye deck supposedly uh though we never had a paper tournament to believe this and then they went ahead and just banned it and got it out of the way so we wouldn't have to worry about it but then it was the mono green decks and instead of banning the problematic cards they banned all the other cards around it and then finally gave up and banned the actual problematic cards because they banned like the ley line, the something else. Then they finally got um, Veil of Summer and Once Upon a Time. But it took them forever. Um, Oko was a problem because Oko was broken and all the decks and the decks were blue and not blue. They were splashing it. It was kind of like what Legacy is now, except for not you didn't have any combo decks to keep the Oko in check. Um I'm trying to think. Chunky Red and Mono Red have been really popular. I don't think there's been a... there's not The only Dig Through Time deck that's been around has been the Control Shells, which have 
only shine for maybe a week or so. Because like the other decks are treasure cruise. The other blue decks are treasure cruise and or they don't play any of the delve spells. Like I can't think of another dig through time deck. Except for Inverter. But Inverter's a, I think Inverter's just a beast. Right? Yeah, I mean this is the first time we've had a deck that actually has enough cantrips and arbitrary proactive blue spells to actually get leverage um dig through time in any sort of aggressive way we had what was the deck before reclamation that deck oh um, yeah i forgot about that deck that deck did play dig through time but that deck wasn't really a dig through time deck because it could play search for Kanta in the same slot and do this same right. nonsense to a degree uh dig through dig was better by and large though um but i i think that dig through time is like obviously a powerful effect and obviously problematic as a format ages and uh, i think that it it could be banned where it probably will be banned and probably should but i think it's fine to leave it for now and just see what's going on i'm f- in general i think there's kind of the stigma towards there being a best deck in a format and there's a huge push to like get rid of the arbitrary best deck um which you know i i think people have kind of diluted ideas of the point of bands and how um formats are supposed to look and people kind of just like call for the banning of the best deck without really thinking about where the format's going to go to and ultimately uh what we end up with is just another you know king of the hill so i think having like a the the weird pseudo jun twin thoughtsies deck be the best deck is uh i think that's a nice spot to be for the most part i think it's like it doesn't matter to me um because like I was really against Inverter about four weeks ago or whatever when it first came out. Um, but then the Lotus, the Lotus Breach, the Underworld Breach deck of Pioneer, I think is on par with the power level of the Legacy version. The difference is, is it's way harder to play. And that's the only difference. So like, I don't really care about the Inverter deck getting a ban because honestly, if you ban it, the Lotus Breach deck is going to be the king of the, the hill, and that deck is far more obnoxious to play against because it can survive hate like no deck I've seen in a while. It's like it's a it's a combo deck, a Tron deck, and a control deck all in one deck, and can, and it can pick its rolls and switch and pivot very quickly. So I'd much rather play against the Inverter deck. Realistically. Um... No card in Inverter is actually ban-worthy outside of Dig Through Time. Like, banning combo pieces is kind of pointless. Like, the combo itself isn't really overpowered. It's just, like, the constant engine of the deck shell. The fact that you can build a deck that's just, like, infinite discard spells and disruption with no pressure to back it up. So, like, you get to circumvent the classic game plan of, like, pressure plus disruption and instead focus on 
just disruption and then eventually finding a window to kill your opponent through some arbitrary mean. So did you watch Ingram play the mirror? Uh, probably I, portions of these. Mirrors. I know you played legacy back in the day. I don't remember when you started playing blue legacy. Did you play with dig through time? Uh, thoughts of Omni show as a deck make me want to jump off of a bridge. So that's a no. No, just kidding. That's a um, yes. It's a joke. So like <laughs> that is the dig the yes. dig through time mirror. The first person to cast the dig through time was usually the person that lost. Um and Peter Ingram took that old adage and played the entire inverter deck like that. <laughs> like this man, like he was like, I'm not gonna thought seize first. I'm gonna let you thought seize. Because then I get a card out of your hand, and then I'm gonna thought seize you, and it was just like insane watching him play. Like he never like took the aggressor; he always took the control role, like the passive, and crushed. And I couldn't believe it. Like I just I, he it was pretty impressive to watch him play the deck in the mirror. Yeah, you remember watching him play against Ben Weinberg's? I think yeah, it was the finals? Yeah, it was finals. That match was there was something about going all in on Packrat and then getting that answered by Legion's End or something. Yeah, I don't remember. See, he played against Justin. Um, Peter Ingram played against Justin, and he went in on the Packrat, and everybody was going nuts. Like he's going to beat this, and the Legion end the Packrat, and then Justin Hero's downfall is that was Weinberg. Oh, was that Weinberg that did that? Yeah, that was Weinberg. Okay. I just see that that's the that's the issue with the the, the deck because like I just got them all confused. I really thought um, it was Peter Ingram, but um, yeah, the Legion then hit the back rat, but then he heroes downfall to some back rat. Everybody went nuts, and he went on to win, obviously. So it was fun. Yeah, because his opponent's hand was literal nothing. Yes, because he went all in on back rat, right? Like. That's that's mm-hmm. the issue when you do that. Like, people don't realize that yes, Packrat's great, but if Packrat doesn't succeed, Packrat's not great. So, before in those matchups, there wasn't like a clean answer to every copy of Packrat, and having like a two mana, you know, point and click genocide. Oh, I'm sorry. Is, um, it was Peter. It was Peter Ingram versus Julian Henry, not Justin. Julian Henry in the semifinals, and Peter Ingram. Yeah, that was the, that was definitely the, uh, Peter, Legion ended Julian's pack rat, and then he heroes downfalled it, and then he comboed off and killed him because Julian had nothing, and Ben because because mm. Ben Weinberg destroyed the poor blue white control player in the semifinals, which was the fastest game of Magic I've ever seen. <laughs> See, I didn't watch anything but the finals. Yeah. Uh, all... So I, I remember the Ben also going all in on Pack Rat and getting destroyed by Legion's End. Yeah. See, that was yeah, that that happened. I was just remembering the other Pack Rat where it was it was hysterical. Like I said, it was the games were very. The one thing I will say is the games were very repetitive. Like they were very skill intensive, but they were very repetitive at the same time. So. Well, there, there isn't a lot of like variance-inducing factors, right? There's the the whole games revolve around thoughtsies. There aren't many threats, so there isn't like a 
Thoughtseize quick clock game, so, you know, going into these games, you know what cards matter, and uh, your opponent does as well, and you pretty much just play for the long game constantly, or for the full duration of the... I did see um, the blue-white control player attempt a really cool play. Um, so he... And it's something I've done multiple times, but apparently Ben Weinberg has had it happen to him, or he just was conscious enough to know. He had a, uh, oh, what's that prismatic, or Fable Passage in play. He had a Fable Passage, and he didn't crack it right away, which a lot of people crack it right away, which is a mistake. Um, he had it, he left it in play, and the blue-white controller player ended turn, uh, exiled the uh, big Eldrazi, the inverter of truth and then untapped and played to fairy and then bounced his his um his cast out so the inverter would come back into play and there would be no graveyard so there would be no deck except for mm-hmm. weinberg had the fable passage in play still and just cracked it with the trigger on the stack and he had a card in his graveyard and then he untapped and played Thassa's oracle and the game was over so and it was a cool line, but Ben Weinberg wasn't no slouch. He knew. Yeah, it's almost like Ben Weinberg's been at this for years. Yeah. <laughs> I played him in Legacy. He's come. He's come to my uh, or like two different shops to play that. He's come out with Ben. He's friends with Ben Ball and played Legacy. So he's a fun guy to talk to and be around. So, but anyways, besides Inverter of Truth, anything else catch your eye? Not really. I found it interesting how a lot of the uh, fair decks had combo finishes, like the mono-white deck. Um, it seemed like if you're in Pioneer and you're not playing like the Sultai deck that's just like a bunch of disruption, or like the blue-white deck that's infinite disruption, you're probably playing some sort of combo deck. Uh, potentially with or without some sort of fair game plan. I mean, the Delarium deck is hot, and it technically has a combo finish with um, Emrakul, the Promise End. But um, it's just not good enough against these Inverter decks. You know, like, it, it's really hard to play. Like, you're playing, like, Thassa, or not Thassa, um, all the Moon Sage, Tamiyo. You're playing Tamiyo, and you're, you're playing, like, all these cards, and they're good. They're, but they're Snowball cards. While these people are playing knives and just cutting you. Like, I don't know. And they're playing, like, Narsets now. The the Inverter deck playing Narset. So it's like, yeah, you get to draw extra cards. Just kidding. No, you don't. That was a fun dynamic of watching, like, all the Inverter mirrors just be, like, these Narset mirrors. And nobody really had card draw effects. So, like, Narset kind of mattered, but didn't matter. But, like... It mostly was just there to cut off Jace in the mirror. Right. Well, it was actually cut off Delirium. Because Delirium's has a ton of Silvergill Adept effects in it. Like Euro, Tyler's Tracker. Um, it's all these, uh, they have like three Jaces. So they have all these card draw effects, right? And then you just play a Narset and then the deck's just not a card draw. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like it's, I don't think it was for the mirror because it doesn't do much against opt but it and it, but boy it shuts down delirium like delirium cannot beat that card and delirium was trashing 
it was it was trashing the uh, inverter deck before this change. So the Narsets were really smart, in my opinion. I think like one of the Jessup brothers was playing um, Delirium and just kind of had that whole dynamic of just Narset wrecking his life. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's you just look at their deck and you're just like, oh, everything there's, you know, all their stuff says draw a card. Um, there was like a teamer company deck I saw at one point, and I was just like, oh, this is cute, Goblin Rabble Master, and uh, Glorybringer and uh, Collecting Company, uh, and Euro, same deck, interesting. <laughs> like it was, it's a pretty. It's just basically red green company with some blue splash for Brazen Borrower and Euro. And I was just like, ugh. Hope that deck doesn't catch on. I don't want to see Collected Company the Goblin Rabble Masters. Because <laughs> Ensta mm. step two Goblin Rabble Masters untap, play another Rabble Master attack. <laughs> I would just concede. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much space there is for that sort of deck, right? No, it, it, it goes too long. It seems it seems medium. That seems like more of a fair mid-range format. Like, it seems like if you're playing a mid-range deck in this format and you're not playing Thoughtseize, then you're probably not well-equipped to actually impede opposing deck shells. I love the mono-white deck. I hate Arcanist Al. <laughs> it's like, that's basically where I'm at. I love everything about that deck. I hate the Arcanist Owl. Like you're just—I mean, if you're playing that deck, you're mostly just playing it. Um, or not playing the deck. If you're playing that card, you're accepting that you're going to whiff a non-zero amount of the time. But you're just like, yeah, well, um, it's the pips plus four. Yeah, yeah plus four uh, devotion. So it's the Nightmare Spectre without any of the upside. Zero. <laughs> like, Nightmare Spectre was a card that was not played at all and then was played like insanity, right? Because when the Devotion deck came out in Theros, like, Nightmare Spectre became a real card everybody was excited about. Mm -hmm. And it was actually garbage before that. And so it reminds me of that, except for it never has, like, that Thief of Sanity mode, or actually, to be more accurate, that Nightmare Spectre mode. You never have that. So, like, you're not actually excited about it but i guess if it does hit because you got plenty of stuff to hit with it i like baffling end i really like baffling end i want to play baffling end and in, in miracles or not miracles in uh, blue white control i don't know what that card is um oh is that the o-ring that makes a dinosaur when it's removed yeah it's the it okay. it yeah it takes a creature out just a creature they've got to be cmc three or less if it's ever removed, they get a 3-3 dinosaur. But it's really... Like, a lot of people are playing... Um, whatever the the one that starts with the D. Um, Detention Spear. No, it's a one and a white. Uh, I've got it in my blue-white control pile. Um, it's just a blue... It's one and a white to exile a creature. And if they, they kill it, they get it back. It's, it's an old... It's an old removal spell. It's going to last like seven years. It's not good at all. I don't think that card is 
Are you talking? No, not Journey to Nowhere. No, it literally starts with a D, and I'll remember it later and text it to you. But Baffling End is way better. So, because I think it, they have to be tapped or something. Because well, there's one that says they have to be tapped. There's one that says they make um, they make clues. Or something. <laughs> There's two different versions of the same card. One, one, one says they have to be tapped and you get rid of them, and the other one is they have. It's declaration in stone, is the first one I'm thinking of, and it's basically baffling in without the clause, without the three or less clause. You exile target creature and all other creatures. It can its controller controls with the same name. And they get to investigate for each non-token creature exiled this way. And it's a sorcery. It's not an enchantment. And the other one is an enchantment that says they have to be tapped. For real, there's like this many one in a white removal spells that are pioneer legal. So, but, baff, but, baff, but baffling end was cool because they don't have to be tapped. And that actually matters if people are playing pack rat and all this other nonsense. Because it's very easy to play around. Uh... Deck and Stone, they don't have to be tapped. Right, right? Deck and Stone just can it deals with pack rat. That Deck and Stone okay. is great. Uh, it might have been the printed response to pack rat that was never needed. Okay. So there's this blue white deck is hilarious to me. Oh, it's so bad. It's just like here's four Supreme Verdict and then some Planeswalkers and then the rest of the deck is like pretty schmedium. Mm-hmm. Does this deck ever beat mono red? I guess Gideon is kind of good. No, it doesn't. Dream Trawler. Triple Aether Gust Post Ward. You can beat Mono Red, it's just not comfortable. I played against the, the Mono Red Chunky deck. I, can we not call it that? Let's just call it Big Red like adults. Well, I just <laughs> go with the name that everybody else calls it. Um, I call it... I hate it. Cause, yeah, I mean, we can also just call it Big Red like adults. Okay. <laughs> like civilized humans. I played against that awful deck that I think is just a piece of garbage. And I got destroyed because they like they they had I I beat them game one and lost games two and three, but they had like exceptional draws where they drew like their one of Tybalt when I had my two Fiendslayer Paladins in play. And different things that would have let me stabilize. Um yeah, it was just really obnoxious because the deck is so bad. I'm like, how do you beat anything else in this room? With these rekindling, they have rekindling phoenixes plural, and glory bringers plural, and I'm just like, how do you beat all these other decks? Like, they're so fast. I, I think the deck is so bad. I hate it. But big red. Yeah, I don't know. I think you just kind of die inside, and accept that you're playing big red in the format with a, a good dig through time decks and a good kill you on turn four deck with lotus breach. And a Salti Delirium deck that doesn't care about anything your deck does. And not to mention, like, Mono Black Agra or whatever. Like, all these decks, like, Spirits. All these decks seem way better. I don't know why you'd want to play that deck. Yeah, I, seeing Spirits see play is interesting. This format doesn't seem very wide, but I don't know. Like, arguably some more deck diversity would probably be good for it, but... The yeah. card pool doesn't work. You know. That's the problem. The card pool does not work. This is this is the problem with any kind of quote-unquote eternal format 
the the card pool just by large the best card in the deck in the format thoughtsies you know it's yeah, just there's also something we there's also something we said about the mana in this format being trash oh yeah which is probably why there's a lot of just straight up one to two color decks because that makes more sense than trying to run actual like a bunch of three color decks it seems like every three color deck has three or more copies of your or it's like the combo deck the breach deck but otherwise like i guess banned spirits is a thing but otherwise you can barely support um you can barely like actually support uh what's you don't have you don't have proper colors right now yeah you can barely support to play you know the additional colors you actually don't you don't have we're missing the pain lands for the enemy pain lands and we're missing the enemy fast lands right because we don't have blue black one dark slick shores we don't have seacrim coast um we don't have any we don't have a uh, Atticar Waste. We don't because we, we're missing all those. But you have the other side of it. You have the blue green one on both. You have both the blue green Pain Land and the blue green um, Fast Land, and you have the red green, or I'm sorry, the red blue Pain Land because I think Phoenix plays it. I know Phoenix plays it. So like you don't have the you you don't have an equal distribution of the mana. So you're already kind of like pushed into certain directions in deck building, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Like, mana sucks. There's restrictions. You know, two single to two color decks. This has been the same conversation um, that we've been having for like the whole duration of the format, right? Just by nature of you know how the mana operates and the card pool. You can't really afford to do too much which you know that's uh we'll see how that all plays out i guess i would like to see a good white removal spell and or a good red spell or thought seize go like that's basically where i would be like i'd like take away from thought take away thought seize or catch up some spells for the other colors you know don't give green anything. Dear God, don't give green anything. <laughs> give green a year off. They're good. I don't know how that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to happen with whatever Akora is going to be. Like, everybody's like, hopefully Akora won't be that bad. I'm like, it's it's called the giant, big, dumb green monster set. Like, they might as well said Akora, don't get your hopes up for us. This isn't going to keep killing you. Like... It's it's got a big giant green creature on the, the cover art with Vivian Reed. If that's not screaming, forest is still coming for you. I don't know what doesn't. Like it's just, there's no there's no hope for the next set. We got to hope for the set after that. Maybe we'll go to I have no idea, Marshmallow Land. I, I don't know. Yep. Uh, any other thoughts about like legacy or anything? I. I don't think there's really anything interesting going on in that format, like, development-wise, right? It's just, like, people trying to, like, break Breach and then everyone else kind of complaining about being lost in the format. And, you know, Legacy's hitting another point where people are people's bad pet decks are being forced out of playability, so everybody's kind of hurt. It's just like, well... I mean, Legacy's... Tis, unfortunate. Legacy's the new dual deck series. Oko versus Breach. 
That's it. Move on. If you're not if you're not playing Oko and you're not playing Breach, I don't know what you're doing playing Legacy. You know, if to, if tomorrow, I mean, I saw a uh, Death and Taxes deck playing Oko, I probably wouldn't even blink an eye. I'd be like, yep, that makes sense. I get it. That's called Maverick. Right? Right. That's just the Maverick. Yeah, guy. yeah. <laughs> they cut the. Yeah, I know. Before I said, what was it? Oh, Astrolabe and Veil need to go, but maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's an argument to kill Oko as a card. Um, I, I don't have like the strongest feelings on the matter. Like, maybe it is time to just get rid of Oko. Uh, but I, I don't. I, don't I think know. half of your. I don't know. I think half of your statement was still true. I don't think Astrolabe is as much of a problem still, but I do think Vale, Vale, Vale oh. gives the incentive to go. I can go ahead and play that green because I've got a veil of summer in my back pocket. And well, Astrolabe was a problem when everybody was playing Astrolabe, and it was like Astrolabe mirrors, yeah. right? Or like these slower fair blue decks. But now you're just like, I'm gonna play my one mana artifact and draw one and cycle one, and then your opponent just like punches you in the right. face with a with a uh... a Yogwell. <laughs> yeah, with the Yogwell or brain freeze, and you're just like, oh, they printed better cards, so here we go. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, always, I felt like the Astrolabes could be held in check by the super linear combo decks. Like, if everybody really got to Dirtle Land too far, Reanimator just pop up and go, hey, yeah, we can still Grizzle on the first turn. Congratulations, you have a snow thingy. We'll make snowmen later. You're dead. But like, Oko, Oko just Oko just makes a lot of things not fun, and uh, I really don't want four more foil planeswalkers to go into my binder, uh, money wise. But running six is lonely. He is very lonely. <laughs> so I just noticed that a uh, stock ass Grixis Delver won the Dice City tournament and like. That deck is just playing quad leyline of the void, and I'm sure Robert Wilson is going to save this sound clip and play it back for years to come. But that actually seems correct right now in terms of beating um breach. Yeah, it, which is kind of hilarious that breach is forcing people to play the most obnoxious graveyard hate effects, and then like the rest of the sideboard, of course, is literally just straight up stock, like H. J. Kaiser defined sideboard, and then, he got the free win. The top four split, and then two people played for funsies in the for the there. I guess there was an invite to something or something, and the other two didn't want it. Like he probably wouldn't have got there. It was just literally they played the 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 last two played it for the camera because they skipped the top four completely. Because I wanted to see okay. I wanted to see Joe Brennan just get to beat him up, and it didn't happen. Joe Burnham wasn't in the top eight. Oh, who, who, did, who did I saw? There's someone. There was Anurag, James Pogue, Dave Long was in top eight. Um, Mylon Bayana. Yeah, that's the, that's one of the Grixis kids. That's that's like the kid who won the PTQ at Niagara, yes. right? Uh, and then Adit Fons, Dylan Gellis won, Mark Strassman I was wondering how punishing Maverick specifically got there, but because uh, he was just he was just wrecking. He killed a Gurmog angler. 
with, with punishing fires. Mm. I was just like, what? What happened? I guess it, I guess you can get away with playing Punishing Maverick because you're just like, you know what's going to happen? Not me beating Breach. Oh, so I'm sorry. just not going to try. Paul Lynch. I, I said then... Brennan, didn't I? I meant Paul Lynch. I apologize. I wanted to see Paul Lynch uh, wreck with Four Color Miracles. He's in third place. Yeah, here's Bad Man of Miracles with Blood Moon, and I'm just, my I can feel brain cells dying. I just wanted to see him destroy people because when he plays, he plays very um, very loosey goosey with the rules. <laughs> He's just like like he doesn't he doesn't do anything wrong. He just he mind games people. He like deliberately takes hit and make people think that like you know he doesn't have anything, and then he just they they get you know like oh. I can make it a one-turn clock, and then he just gets him. And he just does different things. Mm. Like he, I, li- I really like the way he plays. He, he's not afraid to take a chance. He's a, he's a bit of a punk rocker that will just go. You know what? I can just take one more hit. So, I wanted to, s- Interesting. I wanted to see him go for the distance. Because um, I think didn't he have force negations? Yeah, he had basically stock miracles, but he somehow put a counter spell and a mentor in the deck. And and you know still twenty lands and everything else. So I don't know. Point is, it's fine. The, the Grixis Delver deck looked fine. Um, my first five cards for my sideboard was four Leylines and a Mindbreak Trap. So I'm glad that Leyline is uh, something that everybody thinks should happen. So how the hell does this punishing Maverick deck actually make top? Um, the 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 god card, Clothis. Clothis raised the Delver by itself. It was hysterical. <laughs> that makes sense. I guess Cloth- Clothis is obnoxious for the Delvery boys. It's. But, I guess you also are a Knight of the Reliquary deck, yeah. so there's that. And It was the Clothis. Thomas Keating playing Bug Delver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thomas Keating, what are you doing? What did he... You don't play blue cards, you play aggro loam, which now plays blue cards, never mind. He got beat by uh, Milan, I think. Yeah, he got beat by Milan. Well, Milan was playing Four Color Miracles, so it makes sense that uh, he would beat Bug Delver, because Bug Delver habitually can't beat competent control pilots. One Pyroblast, one Council's Judgment in the main... I, you know, part of me is glad that this is our last week of consistently doing episodes so that I won't have to look at these legacy lists anymore. I am not interested in what is happening here. I will, you know, when I look at a Red Blast, the main deck, I'm like, is this person ambitious or is this correct? It's correct. It is so correct right now, and that makes me sick. <laughs> I mean, main deck Red Blast doesn't bother me. I just hate the mana bases that are being promoted within these Astrolabe decks. They make me um, well, but they they make me not a happy guy. <laughs> I just they make me man. I see one Red Blast. I'm like, that's a Red Blast. Why is this allowed? This should be a bad card. This person should be punished. And then I watch them play out the games, and I see like Agrolome casting Oka. There was a there was a red blast in against Agrolome, and I was just like, 
I think Milan was playing against them. And I was like, you're getting punished for that. And they were like, they cast an Oko like a turn later. And I was just like, I'm so vomiting. They're, Dude, everyone plays like five blue cards oh, now. You can have one red blast. Right. And fucking hate your life. <laughs> well, the Maverick decks. There was a Maverick deck with Oko. And it could get red blasts. And I was just like, where are we at? Where, where are we at? What What world? I mean, you look at this top, whatever, they have the top 16 decks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So three quarters of the decks are blue. That's just like legacy, though. That isn't like anything new. I don't know. Uh, I'm fine with Breach existing, but like legacy just seems like a cacophony of uh, really unenjoyable play patterns and decks. Yep. Yep. Tropical Island. It's a new, uh, it's a new best land. Get your traps. If you don't have all your traps, get your traps now. I really don't want to be the ban Oko guy, but maybe, maybe, just maybe. That feel win homogeny. I just want to never see a food token again. Ever. Wizards, please. I know you don't listen to us. No, no more food tokens. Ever. <laughs> it was, we remember we had BBD, we had BBD on, we went over the cards. Oko was just spoiled. And we were just kind of like, yeah, Oko seems okay. Seems okay. It's all right. And BBD was like, this Oko card seems nuts. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember last week, to be honest with you. So I I honestly forgot that we had BBD on this podcast. <laughs> Brian, Brian, gone, do him. <laughs> I, you know, BBD is the homie. Uh, but that's, I don't know, it's just, that's where I am in life, and, uh, you know, sometimes you forget who you've had on your podcast. All right, man, I'm tapping out. Yeah, I have, uh, to go edit a different podcast and, uh, stuff. All right, well, I'll talk to you later. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we will see all of you people, um, I don't know, at sometime randomly maybe once a month or something i don't know we'll figure that out occasionally we will see you occasionally maybe <laughs> bye. bye yeah maybe <laughs>